Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. Have you ever noticed how empty the messages of the world are? And in contrast, as God's ambassadors, we are called to fill the earth with His eternal message of life and hope. In the second half of Francis and David Platt's shared session at Biola's 2023 Missions Conference, Francis and David build on the theme of unity by exhorting us towards what should unify believers an unwavering, unashamed commitment to the Word, upheld by God's people since ancient times and spoken by God Himself. I want to share something that... uh, Trying to decide where to go for this. Um, Something that that brings... Because it's not, hey, everyone should just get along. It's not like a worldly everyone gets along because the Bible does talk about there's a time to divide. Um, And so this is not like we don't care about theology, we don't care about morality, but it's the fact that we do care about God's view of sin and, and God's word and we both tremble at it that we go, okay, let's, let's unite in this. Um, so we got to understand that, um, I know David to be a man of the word of God, and there's a power to that. And, uh, you know, um, Matthew 24, verse 12 says, you know, uh, in the last day, there's going to be this increase in lawlessness. I think we're all seeing that. There's going to be this increase in the world of people just throwing off the law of God. And, And it says, because of that, the love of many will grow cold. So that's going to happen. People are going to go to lawlessness. And it's those of us who refuse to do that. And he says they'll endure. Because those are the ones who are going to be saved. So there's that bond here of saying, hey, I'm not going the direction of the world. Um, I was recently in uh, Israel. And I got, oh, I have so much to say about that. I could use like eight chapels just to talk about Israel. But I won't. but my, my, son, one, my son was going off to Africa. My daughter was going off to the Middle East, you know. And I thought, okay, I want one last time with them. Um, this is my 18 and 17-year-old. And we're, we're standing on the Mount of Olives. I'm like, I want to take you to the Holy Land. I just want to show you around. And, uh, and towards the end, we're standing at the Mount of Olives. I'm going, this is crazy. Like, this is a real place. I want you to get this. This is not like Wakanda. This is like a real place you fly to. And because sometimes this can feel like make-believe. I'm like, no, we're here. Jesus literally ascended from here. And we're looking back at Jerusalem. I'm going, look right down there. You got to understand, this is the same spot that Abraham took out. Isaac. This is the same spot that David took the ark. This is the same spot. We were just in his palace where he saw Bathsheba. This is the same spot that Solomon built the temple where the second temple. This is where Jesus was crucified. There's all of this history. We just walked through Hezekiah's tunnel. We just walked through a 3,000 year old tunnel that you can read about right here in Chronicles. Like all of this history and, and, and you'll be tempted, I was telling my kids, to leave 6,000 years of history 
People have passed this truth on for 6,000 years. And then your friend, who's 17, came up with a thought yesterday. And you're going to go with that because he's your friend and he's so wise. All those hours of Fortnite just got his mind like with so much revelation that you'll go, you know what? All the believers for 6,000 years and the morality they taught, it was off. And I was telling them and I read to them Psalm 81. Verses 10 to 12, look at what it says. I am the Lord your God who brought you out, up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So, listen to this, I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. You see the punishment of, I go, look at what he's saying. He says, man, I, I was going to fill your mouth. I was going to give you all this, but you didn't want to listen to the word of the God who said, let there be light. Like my words weren't enough for you. He goes, so you know what I'm going to do? I'll let you follow your own stubborn hearts and I'll actually make you follow your own counsels. This is how I'll raise up a generation. You don't want to listen to my word? I'll start making you listen to other people's words. Human words, because you don't tremble at my words. And it'll actually make sense to you that where, where you'll go, you know what? I follow this guy on Instagram because he's a great athlete. Oh, that makes sense. I'm, I care about what he thinks about morality because he can throw a ball really far. That's actually going to make sense to you. Or she had great plastic surgery done, so I'm going to follow her counsel. And I'll actually tremble at what she has to say. God is saying, you don't want to listen to my words? I'll make you listen to each other's words. Because this is not like a cool thing to do. To, to latch on to these new thoughts from famous people and ditch. Because I, I go, yeah, your friends will say, I'm old-fashioned. I'm still holding to that old book, and I'm going, yes. I'm not just, I'm ancient. I'm, I'm holding on to truths that are 6,000 years old rather than these thoughts that just came out of your mind. You know, and I, and I told my kids, I don't care if everyone on earth right now believes something that was contrary to what is taught in this book. I'm not going to believe the most, gen, you know, depressed, suicidal generation in history, even if they all agree on something, when the word of God has held true for all of these years, it came out of the mouth of God and I'm going to tremble it, I'm going to declare it, and I'm not embarrassed of it, you know? I just, I praise God for his word and spirit. Like, my, you were like, I don't know where to go next. I'm in my mind, my mind just went straight to Matthew 24 and the Mount of Olives. And you start talking about Matthew 24 and the Mount of Olives, just... 
uh, and being led astray by false prophets. And then, yes, this picture in Psalm 81. Can I just make this practical? Like scrolling through this thing. It's just being led astray. It's all kinds of counsels. Mm. It's just endless messages. And we're, we're addicted to it. Let's just confess that before God. It's one of, the, one of the first things in these last few weeks in our church family. We're just confessing addiction. This one person said, I'm just addicted to my phone. It just, my impulse is to turn it on and look. My impulse is not to seek the face of God. My impulse is not to open mouth, your mouth wide and fill me with your word. My impulse is not to, just, just ask the question, how much are you filling your mind with this word compared to how much you are filling your mind with this world? Just, just ask the question. You, you don't have, just, this is a quantitative measurement. Like, look at your life. Look at the fruit of your life. How many? Well, I just, I'm, I'm guessing that for most people in this room, it's filling our mind with hours from the world and maybe minutes from the word. Is that true in your life? And God right now is, is saying to us, like flip that script, open wide your mouth, I have life for you. I have, my people are not listening to my voice. Ah, oh, may that not be said of us. Let's listen to his voice. Let's meditate on his word. Memorize his word. Fill his, your mind with his word. That's, that's the word we're commanded all over, all over scripture. Not just to read it. Like meditate on it. Day and night. Soak it in. There are, there are Muslims who have just begun Ramadan. And many of them in the world, by the time they are college age, have memorized the whole Quran. They've memorized the whole thing. Why are they that committed to the words of a false God? And we are not far more committed to the words of the one and only true God. So what does what does this need to look like in your life? Like God's speaking right now to your heart, open mouth, wide your mouth. Like, what do you need to start memorizing? Like, get together with some others. Be like, we're, let's start memorizing a chapter, a book of the Bible together. Let's just open our mouths wide. I mean, I'm not saying the whole New Testament or the whole Old Testament at this point. Just like, Start with a chapter 
a book. You say, well, I don't memorize very good. I've got so many studies, this or that. And I know, I know different people have different capacities to memorize. And our minds work in different ways. But Psalm 119 says, the law of the Lord is worth more than thousands of gold and silver pieces. So, well, let me, let me ask this. What if I were to say, I'll give you $1,000 for every verse you can memorize between now and next week? I'm guessing your ability to memorize would grow. Like, you would, you'd be like, oh, okay, I think, like, Jesus wept. Like, boom, 1,000 grand, like, just one grand right there. So, and you're just like, yeah, I mean, you do it. Okay, so maybe that's the question. Not can we memorize. The question is, what's more important to us? Money in this world or the word of our God? What's more important to us? Open wide your mouth. He wants to fill it with life that's so much better than the world. Amen. You know, on uh, January 1st, I was talking to my daughter. She's 18. She was in the Middle East and uh, hadn't seen her in a few months. And, and uh, she was just saying how her group there in the Middle East were just challenging each other. She goes, I'm starting a 30-day challenge. Uh, we're going to read through the Bible in 30 days. I thought, wow, that's really cool, honey. I've never done that in 30 days. I'll join you. And uh, I'm super competitive. So, uh, so I finished in 14 and text her, hey, where are you? You know, um, but I, what, I, I say that because it was not as difficult as I thought it would be. In fact, I have friends who have read through the Bible out loud, like they take turns reading verse after verse and they finish the entire Bible in three days. That's out loud. It only takes about 70 hours out loud to read the Bible. So reading it silently is, a, is about half that time. So it took me about 40 hours total. So I did it in a couple of weeks. And I share that because I hope you will do it. Because it, it is such a different experience than what I've been doing for the last 40 years. I've been reading the Bible every year for the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years or so where I, I read through the Bible in a year which is great, but there's something about just reading it in continuity that I never saw before. Things that God taught me that I had never seen in years of like meticulous study of certain verbs and, you, you know, adjectives and going, oh, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? But to see the whole thing, it's just different. It, it's like if you had to watch a movie three minutes a day, you know, you, Sure, you get stuff from it, but there's something about watching a movie from beginning to end. And there was something about that time in the scripture, like David said, I was so fired up. And one of the things that jumped out at me was I'm reading one prophet after the next, and, and I, it was the first time I noticed how similar they all sounded. All the prophets speak in the same way. And then you get to Jesus and you get to the gospels. And you're like, wow, 
He's just carrying on. You got John the Baptist speaking like the prophets, Jesus speaking like them to another degree. And then you have the apostles. And the thing I, when I was done with it all, I saw this continuity and what broke my heart was I'm going, God, they all sounded the same. And I don't hear modern day preachers sounding like them. It's so different from how we speak today. And I had to repent. I go, God, I want to be one of these guys in this book because they really did not care, it seemed, how people were going to respond. And I grew up, you know, 80s, 90s, where we're all trying to communicate better and better so that we can appeal to the masses. And it was all about keeping people attracted to the word of God. And, and, and now we're at this time where we've got to tiptoe because anything you say wrong gets you canceled. You even have to nuance. You don't even have to say something directly wrong. Just, well, you use that word instead of this word. And, and so you can play this game where you're, you're constantly worried what everyone thinks. And then pretty soon you sound nothing like the prophets. You sound nothing like Jesus. And, and they were all crucified. They were all killed. They were martyred for teaching this book, but they were so direct. And I'm going, God, help me. I want to be this. I want to be this. And as David was saying all that, I was just thinking, gosh, I pray that God raises up a new generation of Bible teachers who really are just saying, you know, this is what the word of God says. And I know you hate it. I know you hate some of these truths. And I know it goes against everything the world is teaching. Um, and to say that with a sensitivity and understanding and love, but also with a courage that doesn't back off and say, no, this is how God defined marriage with Adam and Eve. And it's been passed on for 6,000 years. And now there's this one generation. You see, what I'm doing today is the same thing I was saying to my, my 18-year-old and 17-year-old. I'm like, look, this was passed to me 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Okay, Adam passed God's word to Seth and on and on to Noah, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, you know, all, all through the you know, prophets, apostles. 2,000 years and then it was given to me. And I've been running with this for 40 years. And now I believe it's the last leg of the race and I'm passing this to you. And you have a choice. You can continue with this or you drop it and pick up what your friend is feeding you and say, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna latch on to what these guys are telling me. And I'm saying, don't do it. We need to continue in this faith that was built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ being the cornerstone, the eternal Christ, and saying, yeah, I'm attaching myself to that old-fashioned, ancient structure, and I'm not going to deviate from it. I'm going to die with this in my hands, and I pray that you do too. I, this, I just want to encourage you. This is why I know I speak for both Francis and me on this. This is why 
We are so encouraged to be in this room right now because we sense in college students today this kind of hunger. Like you know it. You know this leaves you empty. You know it. You know where it leads. Open your eyes to where it leads. More depression, more anxiety, more pride that cuts both ways. I'm better than this person or I'm not as good as that person. More messages from this world. Like you know, you know, this, you hunger for something more. Francis and I were together, uh, uh, one of the last times we were together, it was with a group of 18, 19, 20 year olds. And uh, they, when, when we got up to share, it was not like they were sitting in their seats, arms folded, like I don't, I don't like it was like on the edge of their seats, even standing in their seats at one point. Like I was, it was like, uh, let's open to Romans. They were like, mmm, Romans. And it was like, well, all right then. Like Romans it is. Like there was a, there was a hunger. It's like, yes, Romans. We're about to dive into Romans. And so we, we sense that hunger, we pour fuel on that fire. And, and then again, just to make the connection, to make the connections with the call of God in all of our lives to be a part of what he's doing among the nations. We won't be compelled to go to the nations if our minds are filled with messages from this, within the world. Because if that's what our minds are filled with, the world already has that. The world doesn't need more of that. You start to open wide your mouth, fill your mind, your heart with this word, you start to look around like, whoa, the world needs this. The nations need this. They don't, they don't need my thoughts and they don't need more of the world's thoughts. They need the word of God. And I've got it. So now, Living, however God leads, for the spread of his glory and his word to the nations makes total sense. But oh, we were one of the things we were praying beforehand. Like, There's so much when we talk about missions that is like getting the cart before the horse. Like, We can talk like, all day long about the three billion people who have little to no access to the gospel, and we need our eyes open to that reality. But if we bypass, do we, do we love God? Do we love his word? Do we love each other? Well, then this is, this is just gonna, it's gonna be empty, the call to the nations. But when there's hunger for the word, when it's like Romans, oh, there, there is a love that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons of the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation can separate us from. When there is no condemnation for anyone in the world who is in Christ Jesus because the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. When there's news that while we were enemies of God, Christ died for us. 
When there is news of joy that supersedes suffering, not only is this so we rejoice in suffering because we know suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. Hope does not disappoint us because God's poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. Like we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We have a hope that transcends everything in this world, a joy that conquers suffering, and, and we have a God who is for us so nothing can stand against us. We have a Savior who is at the right hand of God interceding for us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So yes, like in view of God's mercy, let's offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. This is spiritual worship. My life on the altar. Use me however you want. In Romans 12, love one another that's sincere, genuine. Weep with each other. Love with each other. Pray for each other. Pursue peace with each other. And let's make it our ambition, Romans 15, to see Christ preached where he's not been named. Now it just starts to make sense. His word fills you. His spirit fills you. It's like, yes, yeah, this is what we live for. Let's, that's Christianity. That's Christianity. So let's not settle for anything less than that. In the fullness of God's word, God's spirit in our lives, the fullness of love in the church, as we lock arms together to take the word of God to the world, what else would we spend our lives for? Like, leave behind every other dream, including a comfortable Christian spin on the American dream. Leave it behind. You're created for a greater dream. Live for that dream. Let's do that together. Amen. You know, I was praying about, you know, we've got five minutes and just coming before God and saying, Lord, what do you want us to do? You know, kind of like what I taught you last night, you don't want to just make decisions. Like if I just thought in my head, I go, oh, let's sing Friends Are Friends Forever, you know. Um, Do you guys even know that song? (laughs) No, you probably don't. Okay, never mind. That's true. totally cheesy what he just said, like extremely cheesy. (laughs) I actually know all the words. So, um, but anyways, as I prayed, that's not what God said. Um, I believe he wants you and I just to believe in a prayer as we come before his throne that everything we've said so much, but for it to internally change you and actually be a part of you, I believe that can happen, but it's only by the grace of God. So let's let's come before his throne. Let's remember who he is. And let's just pray for them. is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You are the eternal God. Your word was before this world began. We tremble at your words, God. 
praise you. We, we join with all the angels in heaven right now, just declaring there is none like you. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Yes, God. To receive glory and honor and power forever. God, we want to praise the lamb for everything he's done. We want to do it for all of eternity. Yes, yes, yes. Praise you, Father. And God, we come before your throne of grace because we need help so that these words don't just go into our ears and, and, and affect us for a few minutes, but that they would do their living and active word work inside of everyone in this room, God. I pray for unity, a oneness, a deep belief in your love for us, a reverence and awe that binds us, a fear of the Lord that gives us a common wisdom and foundation to our lives. Oh, God, would you pour your grace out on this room right now? God, as we're praying, just your word comes to my mind. If you are offering your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. I just, I wanna encourage in this room, if there's anything specifically between you and another brother or sister in Christ in this room, to go to them. Not just to jump into singing, offering worship in that way, but to go to them and be reconciled. Pray with them. Seek the Father with them. God, I just, I pray over this room, over the relationships in this room between students, between faculty, between students and faculty, staff. I just pray for uh, a beautiful unity of the spirit and the bond of peace that is pleasing to you as our Father. God, help us, help us to humbly pursue peace with one another and joy with one another before you and keep us, God, guard us from canceling each other and slandering each other 
gossiping about each other. I just confess, I've already confessed it before you, but for my brothers and sisters now, just my sin yesterday in speaking about other brothers and sisters in Christ in a way that was not edifying to them. And I would not have spoken that way if they were sitting right there. God, we need, we need your grace. I need your grace. We need your grace. We pray. We pray for what you prayed for us, Jesus, that we would be one as you and the Father are one in you. Let's pray for a sweet unity around you and your word and seeking you on this campus. Father, I pray, we pray for all of our lives, but specifically as Francis and I just intercede for the students in this room, we pray for a reverence for your word, a submission to your word, a love for your word. We pray for a meditation and memorization of your word to be commonplace Christianity on this campus. It's just flowing, your word just flowing in dorm rooms, apartments, classrooms, just your word. May, may this campus be a place where mouths are open wide and you're filling minds and hearts. We pray for freedom from addiction to the messages of this world. And just pray for freedom from being given over to our own counsel. Just pray you'd cause love for your word. Pray for reading of your word to be happening all the time, out loud, together and silently alone. Just pray for your word to reign supreme on this campus in a way that brings satisfaction to souls on this campus. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. Join us next time for a new episode, but until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org.